You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition. This is the Rights and Wrongs, the Pro Wrestling Podcast, and your host, Mr. Green. And uh, this particular episode of WOW, there is not a lot there to talk about, quite honestly. This is uh, pretty much their season finale. Well, no, no, I wouldn't consider that. Last week would have been their season finale. The, the uh, match that they had with, for the championship, uh, Princess Ozzy. Taking on and challenging Penelope Pink for the Wild Championship in the main event and the Return of the Beast and all that good stuff. That was the season finale. This is a recap of the season as listed by the name. And all these matches have been reviewed previously, so it's, you know, it's, it's only so much that you can really do here. So, um, <clears throat> what I'm going to do is just go through the show. In its structure, and you know, we'll touch on a couple of things along the way as as we do that because, you know, there's always something to talk about with with the with Wow and how they build their stuff, and then women's wrestling in general. But yeah, just to go through the play by play and and talk about the angles and, and things. I mean, I'm sure I will, but it, it's it's not going to be like doing it as we normally do it. Uh. So here you, you you've got the, the recap show is not really all that much different than any other show that they've done. There's no there's no host to it first off, so there's not something that would be kind of like stringing this together or hey how you know guys look at what happened on this day and such and such time and and blah blah blah. For those of you who've been around for you know the wrestling universe for a while, uh, I will reference something like uh, uh, SmackDown, and this is a long time ago. And I'm thinking about like their New Year's Eve show. They they would do that, and, they, and I think they still do it now on occasion. SmackDown and Raw, they're they're just recapping, take like the best of clips, and but there's usually somebody that's hosting, or they'll put some inserts in there, and you know stuff like that. I didn't get a lot of that here. But again, you know, hey, it's, like I said, it's a recap show. How much really do you need to do? And this is at this point, it's just a matter of your your personal preferences. So, <clears throat> I will read you the email description. We'll just start off with that, and then we'll roll off into the show. So, what was sent to me, as far as press is concerned, is the unexpected. The shocking events and the world championship surprises. Well, I shouldn't say the, I added that. <laughs> so, and world championship surprises in this season ending episode of WOW. From the breathtaking of the beast's ankle. Jesus, can I read? <laughs> <From> the, <laughs> 
I'm starting over. I'm starting over. Okay. It's the expected, the shocking events and world championship surprises in this season-ending episode of WOW. From the breaking of the beast's ankle to the shocking attack in the parking lot to the championship chase that resulted in thousands of L.A. Comic-Con fans witnessing the crowning of a new WOW world champion. This episode of WOW delivers all the highlights that led us into the next season of WOW. Okay, so my apologies for the terrible reading that I started off doing. I mean, I guess my mind was just auto-correcting myself for no good reason. And this, and I wrote this. <laughs> you know, I, just, I got the email and I wrote it down for my notes. But uh, in any case, so yeah, that was that was what was sent off there talking about this. And uh, I, I thought it was entertaining that they put the, the championship chase that resulted in thousands at the LA Comic Con fans witnessing the crowd, crowning of the wild champion now I, I have to admit they worded this very well they didn't say that they drew a lot of fans to come to LA Comic Con and to see it they said that it resulted in thousands of LA Comic Con fans witnessing it and they did, you know that. That's not a lie. They they did witness it. It did. It it kind of paints the picture that if you don't stop and think about it, it might um, it might make a make you believe like, oh wow, they they were there, and, and a lot of people came out just to see that. No, they didn't come out just to see that. They saw it because they happened to be there. I mean, not the not the rain on their parade or anything like that, but. But let's call a spade a spade here. If you're taking a wrestling match, I, and they do it here. They do it here in Atlanta. Dragon Con is the big event here. And one of the well, multiple wrestling promotions here have done the same thing. They just set up shop at uh, one of the conventions that is already drawing in thousands of people. And when you, are, when you buy your ticket to go to an event like that, you go to the event. You don't have to pay again to go see the wrestling that's on, you know, on the premises. You just have to have the pass that allows you to do that, you know, because in general cases, they have different tiers of passes. So as long as you pay to, to have a pass, you're going to see it if that's what you choose to see. So, you know, the, like I said, I thought that was, it was worded very well <laughs> in that regard that, you know, the, the championship chase that resulted in thousands of LA Comic-Con fans witnessing. Now, of course, and again, I'm not taking a shot at, at WOW on this. I'm just saying I, I know that a, the bulk of the fans that were there, sure, I know that there are going to be wrestling fans there. Sure, I'm, I know there are going to be fans that know who they are. And I would never discount that because they have people that, that love WOW and they, they happen to be in LA and they happen to go to the Comic Con they have to fly in and all that stuff but it was not wow that uh, caused thousands of people to flock to LA Comic Con I mean not that's neither here nor there I mean you know I'm just saying that because of the email so anyway <clears throat> one of the things that they had here in their recap is it starts with the history of Princess Ozzy and they recap the old, the power is within her angle. And man, it reminded me of just how childish this show can be at times. 
when will Princess Ozzy understand that the power was in her? I was like, oh God. I was like, that's. <laughs> this is a grown man talking to other grown people. I was like, oh, God. oh. That was, you know, I, I hesitate as a grown man to use the word cringe, but that was a cringy moment. Just hearing that, that was just, ugh. That, that, wow, that sounds just, just, just awful. But they're recapping her history, okay? So they, they're going through the whole deal that I moved to America and blah, blah, blah. The segment is in a cut with Princess Ozzy interview uh, segments. It also sets up the, the re-showing of Ozzy versus Pink. And then it goes in, it, this includes a Penelope Pink interview. <clears throat> in my view, it seemed like an odd choice of match to pick. You know, to, to go into that. I mean, you literally just saw it like a week ago. <laughs> it's a best of show. It was like, this is just like a, a, a replaying of the main event last week. So I, I, I just, it it is optional they have a lot of content at this point to pick from it is the first time that i've ever seen wow since they created it that it ever went a full year like this 52 episodes just straight they have 13 episodes here four episodes there you know and from their other seasons and you know i I know they have to refer to it as seasons because of TV, or at least that's what they want it to be. But um, this is the first time I've seen them have this much. And you would think within that, it's like, okay, we're doing a recap episode. Let's dig through and find some of the best stuff and you know, really paint the picture for who some of these people are and you know, things along those lines. <clears throat> it it helps particularly when you're on a national a nationally broadcast product you're always trying to do stuff to push your product forward you're always trying to hopefully reinforce that your stars this is worth you watching um, this is the best of the best etc etc and when you go into it with that thought process you're looking to get the best matches that you've had it's not wrong that they picked a match that aired a week ago it's just a little odd to me that they picked a match that aired seven days ago uh, but you know to each their own the video package rolls into talking about Miami Sweet Heat versus the Tonga Twins and they reshow their history. So essentially here is they're going through the recap. Let, let's just say the Fabulous Four. The top heels of the promotion and they're, they're talking about their top contenders. In this case, Princess Ozzy for the World Championship. The Tonga Twins for uh, Miami Sweet Heat. And they recap all of that. The matches that they um, placed in here, um, one of them, and I, I'll give the air date and all that stuff as I go. I know they they did not do that in the episode, okay? 
They didn't go through and like, okay, put a little graphic in the corner. This was aired then or what have you or anything that led up to it. I mean, it, a lot of this was just cold, cold matches, at, at least as far as you watching it right here. So the first thing that they had is that BK Rosen versus Princess Ozzy. This is a cold match. It was a cold match then. It's definitely now. Uh, this is from episode 20 of WOW. It was taped in November 2022. November 12th, 2022 to be exact. And it aired in January on the 28th of 2023. No need to go into it. The match is fine. It was Princess Ozzy. It was a good way to, to show her, you know, I guess getting a win. It would have made more sense to me if the video package leading into it was the history of Princess Ozzy and her desire to be the, the world's champion. And let's show you a, a clip of Princess Ozzy in one of her best matches from such and such and against whoever. <clears throat> But as, as it is, they just kind of put this out. The next match was Miami Sweet Heat. Well, I shouldn't say it is the next match, but in between that, they had a video package with the history of the Target Twins and the tag team titles now. So they reinforced what you already saw. And then they went into the match. The match, Miami Sweet Heat versus the Tonga Twins from episode 50. So now we're just going back two weeks. <laughs> like most of this show is only three matches. So most of this show is just stuff that took place within the last two months. So like, well, it is a recap show. I cannot deny that, but I would think that if you got a recap show, you would dig a little deeper. And, and I am only, let me be clear. I am not talking about the matches. I'm not talking about the individuals in the matches. I'm not talking about the persons that dug through and found them. But whoever decided to pick these, I mean, this just came off as, as from a production standpoint, for me, it came off as lazy. And it, because it's like, all right, well, it's just, those two, those are fine. They, they found one match that aired months ago that somebody might have forgotten about or missed or something like that, which is almost part of the purpose of having a recap match. Like, let's remind you of what this happened and who this was and so on and so forth. This... Outside of the little interview segments, it didn't seem like there was a lot of work put in this. It was just, all right, get that match, this match, and that match, and just fine. And, and two of them, two out of three, were very easy to find since they had just aired. But it was uh, Miami Sweet Heat versus the Tonga Twins. This comes from episode 50, like I just said. It was taped April 30th, 2023. It aired four months later. In August 26, 2023. And I think we all know, I mean, because they showed you that pretty much at the beginning. It was a re-air of the Tonga Twins win. Now, here's another part where I said that they might have been a little lazy here. If nothing else, if you were going to show this match either in its entirety or even just a little bit of it the match finish should have been edited down it, it, it really should have that finish was it, it ruined the entirety of that match as I said in the uh, actual review and I'll, I'll try not to stay on it too long the finish of the match 
exposed the overall cooperation and just lack of being able to call an audible, you know, on the fly. Not that it's saying that that's an easy thing to do, but when, go back and, you know, you do not have to take my word for it. Go back to episode 50 or whatever clip they have on their YouTube channel and look at that match. Look at the the match between the Tonga Twins and Miami Sweet Heat. And more specifically, look at the last two to three minutes of it where you got the Carlson Twins setting up two chairs in the ring. They're getting ready to get rid of one of the Tonga Twins, but the other one comes in and then they beat up on, uh, I believe it was Laurie. I get them confused, but um, they start beating up her, and then her sister has to stand there. And it, and even in an edited environment, it felt like a long time. Like she had to stand there and watch, like there was some barrier between her that stopped her f- from going over there and helping her sister in any capacity. She just looked like, what? What do I do? What's happening? What you know? All it did is it made her look ridiculous. And I like her. <laughs> I like them. I like them as a team. I like the, the you know the sister pairs between the two of them, uh, between the two teams. But this didn't do either one of them any favors. It didn't do the Miami Sweet Heat any favors. Specifically, the sister that's had to stand there and be ineffective in helping her own blood out as she was getting double teamed and getting double teamed like four feet in front of her face. Yes. Yes. She couldn't do anything about it, apparently. And so, you know, it made her look bad. It made the Tonga Twins look bad for a moment because they tried to toss this girl out the ring like three times. Third time was the charm, but it also took Laurie launching herself out over the top rope in order to do it. So all of that, it just, the match in and of itself was okay. The commentators overhyped it, and yeah, this is the biggest. It's going to be a false count anywhere match when they didn't take a single fall anywhere in that building other than that ring. I would have not had this match on that show at all. I'd, I'd have put on the the, the uh, last minute of it, just like and here's a recap of what happened two weeks ago. The Tonga Twins win. That that's about it. I wouldn't even bother showing this entire match. I, I would have. Pick something else. You, This is what I started off with. You have an abundance of stuff at this point to pick from. This could have been an episode designed to sell WOW. That's that basically what you're trying to do. WOW as a promotion does not have to do what the average promotion does now or certainly not what a old promotion of territory needed to do then the point of having wrestling on tv back in the 80s and and before that was the tv show guided you towards whatever big event that they were trying to get to whether that be you know the the big arena show, whether that be a pay-per-view or at one point in time, a closed circuit event, whatever that thing happened to be, that was the purpose of the television show. And then, and intermittently, you got some good stuff on the TV show. But that's where the angles were built and stuff like that. It was, <clears throat> it was a long-form commercial for you to buy a ticket or you to buy something. 
the same premise as cartoons in the 80s. Almost every cartoon that aired in the afternoon in the 80s had a toy behind it. Why? Because those cartoons sold that toy. They didn't say go out and buy the toy. They didn't say, hey, you're watching G.I. Joe, so go buy those. You know, they didn't do that within the course of the episode, but it motivated you to go do it because of what was going on in the episode. It, 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 on its own, it just operated as a, as a commercial. This should have operated as a commercial for a while as a product that you should come back and watch and enjoy and hopefully get some other people to start watching along with you. This was not that. And that, then that, episode, that match, I should say, should not have been there in my view, especially when the finish is not as crisp as it should have been especially when the show is taped and edited and that is the best version of it you can get that that right there is disturbing <laughs> like this has been taped and in the can for four months and that is the best finish that you could have not good so yeah I wouldn't have done that I'd, I'd have picked something else I'd, I'd I probably would have grabbed you know any number of matches just to you know get get past that so the next thing we have here was the video package of Princess Ozzy's journey to the championship. The, the, the match they pick is fine, but, you know, I would add the segment packaged differently. More emphasis on it being the greatest title match in WoW rather than the illustration of a failed journey. And, and it's little choices like that in your editing room and in production that makes the difference. What this was was showing Princess Ozzy, I'm going out of the championship, and I want to, you know, they're showing the journey, and there's nothing wrong with the journey. And I like Princess Ozzy, and I like Penelope Pink. I don't like the name Penelope Pink, but I like, but I like her. Um, and they were good. They were good together. And you could have made an, a reasonable, arguable point that this is the greatest match greatest championship match in WoW history. You could have argued that. And it would have given another door for Princess Ozzy. How? Okay. So this is how I how I see it. This is my pitch. Let's let's just start with that. And it's weird to have a pitch for a recap show, but you know, let's just say that I was producing this last segment. But the first thing I'm doing, if you're going to give me a video package for Princess Ozzy's journey, then I need to illustrate whatever hurdles that she's overcome, right? So we we show that. We show her uh, coming in to help Candy Crush. We show her challenging or, you know, in a tag match where she actually pins the champion, right? This is what got me here. I pin Penelope Pink. I can in a tag match. I could do it again in, in singles. Then we go to you got to get past Vicky Lynn, you know, and you, you're showing that. Then you get to the match, and you can sh- show the match afterwards. But what should probably be in between that is at least an insert with Princess Ozzy talking about how that match went down. How good the match was. She can re-illustrate how good the match was. 
And in while we made history together. Unfortunately, I was on the wrong side of that history. But that was due to outside interference. I got hit in the head with a championship belt. And I got hit in the head with a championship belt because she knows in her heart of hearts, I have her number. And I was going to win that championship. And more importantly, I will win that championship, you know, when I get my next opportunity. And I will keep working to get that opportunity. I would beat it in as I would have had her sit in front of that camera and get it across. Yeah, you lost. You understand that you lost. People win and lose. I'm not happy about it. I don't even like how she did it, but I am not going to give up. I is going to come back to it. And and anybody that's watching this now, tuning looking at this championship. Make sure you see exactly what I'm talking about. The the video doesn't lie. You know, give her the credibility of I was going to win. And that got yanked out from underneath me. This isn't over. So that is that we know that this story is continuing. The journey is still ongoing. Princess Ozzy is still after the championship. And then you could go into the match, which they did. And Penelope Pinks wins. We know that. This is from last week, episode 51, taped on the same day that the Tonga Twins uh, lost. Uh, That was April 30th, 2023. And it aired, as we know, uh, September 2nd, 2023. So you got a couple of months down that. and I, I would have come out of this, and I, and this is a, a propaganda thing, and, and almost every wrestling company does it. But it, but the sell there would have been how good the match was, how good the match was. You can't do that with a lot of those matches that they have, there, and the, the tag team matches is a prime example of that. But you could have done it here. You can sell the quality of the match. And that only puts them, you know, it raises the profile. Penelope Pink raises the profile of the championship, raises the profile of Ozzy, and raises the profile of the company. Knowing things such as that rather than, you know, these quick turnaround stories that they like to do. So, yeah, I mean, that that's but that's me. And, again, it is not a question of whether they did it wrong. There's a lot of different ways that you can get to the same destination. Just my destination takes a different path. And that's something that I guess you learn as you you grow up, you get older. It's it's not just, you know, there's a right and there's a wrong. Sometimes there's multiple rights. Sometimes. Or sometimes when you have a scenario such as that, you being on one end of the fence and I being on the other does not necessarily make one or the other exclusively wrong in this this scenario. Uh, I, it, it just would have been a different thing for me. And and the, okay, so the recaps they weren't bad. You know, they they weren't anything special, but they weren't bad. I mean, it, it was a, just a means to bridge into what they're going to define as their new season of WoW, and that's fine. <clears throat> but um, here's something that I, I probably 
would have done if anything else. One, I would have recapped the one time that the tag team titles did change hands. They had a, a tournament. Miami Sweet Heat won that tournament, but then their first championship loss came at the hands of Campanelli and uh, Randy Rara. You don't have to show the entire match. You, you know, at this point, you're a recap show. You could join that match in progress. I would have shown that just to illustrate, you know, that the championship had value and there were teams that were coming after it. The video package leading into that would have been, here's the field of competitors that have all wanted these titles. And you can show them one after the other in action. Spring break 20. I mean, and they don't have to be great teams, but you could just show them. You could show Siren Holiday. You could show the Heavy Metal Sisters. So Las Banditas, Spring Break 27. Just to help build the idea that there is a tag team division here unlike any other women's promotion in the world. You have to stick to the things that you do better than everybody else. They can't compete with Impact's women's division in terms of physicality because they don't allow it. It's not that the competitors couldn't do it, but that's not in Wilde's motif. They can't compete with them in terms of lineage for that championship. And I'm using Impact as a, you know, just as a counter. They can't compete with the uh, lineage of the Knockouts Women's Championship. Too many people have had it, un, you know, over the years, for 20 years, and you're talking major names when you look at the wrestling community. Your Gail Kims, your Awesome Kongs, your Taylor Wilds, your Tessa Blanchards, your, uh, <clears throat> your Mickey James. Uh, right now, you got Trinity Fatu, Deanna Perrazzo. I mean, you know, you got a Jordan Grace. You got a, a bunch of people, and I'm, I'm forgetting a lot. Those are just the ones that's coming off the top of my head. The title was featured on a WWE pay per view. Mickey James went to the Royal Rumble as the Impact Knockouts champion. So they can't compete in terms of that. In some cases, it can be argued that they they may not be able to compete in terms of talent. That's that's a, you know, that's open to discussion. But what they can do is they can get in there and they can show their tag team division is better and heads and shoulders above everyone else. They, that is where the ball was dropped. It shouldn't just be assumed that their fan base understands that. Educate them to it. That is why our titles mean this much of that. And, and I don't even go into the past when this was created because there's too many ups and downs there. Just stick to right now. Show the teams that have wanted that title so the teams that attempted the title show the team that won. That is the, what that package would have been. That would have been the first thing. The second clip in my version of that recap show would have been the eight-person tag. There are a lot of feuds that take place here in the wild, but none have been more intense or personal than the Island Dynasty taking on the Fabulous Four. Cue the clips. 
how do we get here? The winning of a championship, the screwing over of somebody else, getting you know, not winning their their championship, bullying Tiki tomorrow, this, that, and the other, and then we get to the eight woman tag or the eight person tag. One of their better matches, one of their more entertaining matches, and if I'm trying to sell Wow as a proper and hot wrestling promotion, something that you should tune in for, that's what I'm selling you. I said I put that match on the air. In the interim of that, now of course, it, I would probably be making my editors work more than than uh, what they did for this this show. But it would have been a better show. That I would stand by. It would have been a better show. Put a graphic down there at the bottom, you know, to to make sure that people know to come back. Why check your local listings? Go here. Go to our website. But while this match is on, while I have your eyes on it, and of course, like I said, you, I would need somebody to kind of host and string this together. But it would still get me to the same spot. That eight-person tag would be a great match to illustrate the talent base that Wow has. The third one that I would probably pick out. Is what I feel would have been the. Um, it was a very. I don't even think they tried to do it necessarily, but it, it was one of the feuds that was so simple that it was good. And that is the feud that Exile had with um, Candy Crush, Princess Ozzy, and later. Uh, Keita Rush came in for the for the final version of that, and it it was it was like I said, it was so simple. It was it was good. You win, great. Heels come back and win, but they cheat. So now we got to do do this again. Then we go to the third. I mean, it it built until it got to where we could pay this off or you know wrap up this rivalry in a six person tag. And by doing that, we would also be introducing some other faces rather than this being essentially the Fabulous Four Princess Ozzy show. <laughs> you know, because that, outside of BK Rhythm, that's all that was on this, this recap episode. It was Princess Ozzy, the Tonga Twins, and the Fabulous Four. That's pretty much it. Uh, so, yeah, I would have had that. And if I wanted to end off on something to kind of push where WoW had been, uh, I probably would grab at least one match from the Beast as a former world's champion in, in the company. The problem with having the Beast, I mean, and, and this is the only one that I'm kind of shaky about, the problem with having her in that position is that Her matches are basically just squash after squash after squash. And the one match that she had at length, I know they're not going to show. And, I, and honestly, if I'm in their shoes, I don't show it either. I mean, it, cause I don't want to re-promote Tessa Blanchard if we have cut ties to Tessa Blanchard. I mean, they have every right to show the match if they want. As a matter of fact, I take that back. Because what they can do is they can show the match that the Beast defeated Tessa Blanchard. 
You got to show the whole thing, and you definitely do not need to hear Tessa talk. But you you put that up, and you have it as a this was the change under the guard that led into our first, you know, the, the return of WoW. And having the Beast be the, the face of our company. But she didn't start from, you know, she didn't start at the top. She had to work at it. She had to get through it and, and you know, B-roll it. And this is the moment where she realized her destiny. You end the show on something positive that people can walk away from. And then you cut to the Beast uh, saying, I'm coming back because they've already introduced her. They, we already know that she's coming back there. But um, that would be that. And, you know, and they, I'm a stickler for, for things, or at least I like things like this when they put up little stats and stuff like that to help show what the uh, um, show is about and who's in it and what this means and, you know, so on and so forth. Why is this important? For what reason are you breaking your, you know, your neck to try to win this belt? You have to define all of those things. So, you know, uh, one of the things, and, and and that was the show, by the way. That that was all of the the show, and and like I said, I I would have produced it differently. Those are the ones that I thought about. You know, I, I didn't do a deep dive of research this week. But that was, those are the shows that I would have shows. Those are the matches that I would have done and, and I would have edited or had it edited differently going into it. Also wanted to take time to do one other thing. I wanted to talk about WoW's top champions. Now, this isn't because WoW brought it up. It's not because they had it in there or anything like that. But uh, WoW's top champions, which is very difficult, not because they have so many, it's because they have so few. They really do not have a whopping sum of people who've held on to the championship belt here. Or, you know, provided these outstanding matches or whatever you want to call it. But they do have about, uh, what, eight champions over... 20 years if i'm yeah about yeah about eight people have held the title over the course of 20 years some have held it more than once but but uh yeah that 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 was that was the uh overall consensus here but anyway i just wanted to go into some of uh the champions just to name off a few now i would do this but i don't know if i would present a version of this for television I mean, I, that that would be tough because WoW today is a little different than WoW when it started. WoW when it started, although a lot of the ladies were athletic, they weren't wrestlers necessarily. They were very athletic women and very toned women and, you know, muscular and so on and so forth. But most of them were actresses and models and, you know, things of that nature. And they didn't really have a wrestling background until they got to WoW, and they were trained to do it, and then they were put on TV like six months later, or you know, somewhere along those lines. Uh, so it's it's not an apples to apples comparison in that regard. But again, we're we're just gonna say a few names here just to kind of break it up. So we're gonna start with um, 
Danger. It was a, a lost name in the uh, annals of WoW. And she is the first person to defeat a reigning champion. And also the first person to lose that championship back in the history of, of WoW wrestling. She would probably be my number. She has to be at the bottom of the list. Following that would probably be Lana Starr, who had more championship defenses, but her her championship win is like the win of uh, Pat Patterson or Buddy Rogers in the old Rio de Janeiro thing. They 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 just she just won the title. It was the Phantom Switch. They just came back and they handed her the title and they just made something up. Like, oh yeah, Wild continued to operate and they gave it the title. I actually have no problem with them making that up. Because it's not like he invented it, you know. I mean, as far up as, as I think the early two thousands, you had cases where somebody would just show up and be like, "Oh yeah, I, I defeated so and so in Arkansas or whatever." And matter of fact, just in OVW history, <laughs> which was funny, and that was probably what two thousand two, two thousand three, when when ODB showed up as the OVW Women's World Championship, they had a little wink and a nod to that. She just said, oh, yeah, I went out to Rio de Janeiro and won this tournament, and I and I won the title. So, yeah, uh, so I didn't have a problem with, with Lana Starr getting the um, the championship. Where, I, where she ranks so low is because, and I like Lana, she's a far better manager, manager than she is a wrestler, though, far better. Wrestling was not her strong suit. She was willing to do it, and you have to, you got to respect that. You have to respect the guts and her willingness to take the bump and get in the ring and all that stuff like that. But it was not her strong suit, nor did she do it a, you know, a lengthy amount of time. It might have been different if she kept wrestling, you know, beyond a while, but once a while was over with, she was done, and, and it was... And Wild didn't provide a lot of match time for people. They probably practiced a lot, but they, what Wild didn't provide a lot of match time for people to get better. And she was one of the examples of that. The next person on that list is Terry Gold. Terry Gold is the first women's champion, of, well, I guess the first champion of Wild. Um, she was very athletic and seemed very natural in the ring. Probably could have gotten there to be one of the better wrestlers in the promotion. But as earlier stated, when the TV show ended, a lot of them just, you know, pretty much stopped. And I, I will say this, you know, rather than just say, well, they should have kept going. You also have to take into account that the field of, of places to go for women's wrestling at that time wasn't exceptionally high so you know it may not have been it may not have been a choice of should i do this it might have been a choice of what am i gonna get out of here by trying to do this so yeah terry gold she would probably be what what is that the third from the bottom jungle girl would be next she's one who I wish that she were in a position to wrestle today. 
I know I know a lot of people know at this point that she is a uh, cancer survivor. Even though her cancer, as she said from her doctor, is, is I'm trying to phrase this right, um, is not going anywhere. Uh, I don't want to uh, tell stories or you know make up stuff, but yeah, as far as I remember and what I read and uh, her interviews about it because she was interviewed by her local news channel and, and what have you. Her cancer, the, her best case scenario is that she's going to live with it. That That is the best case scenario. Now it's not attacking her and it's not you know, doing damage to her right now. She is a still a genetic marvel. She's continuing to work out and try to keep the uh, uh, I guess the faith of, of Surviving this thing alive, uh, I I wish that she was capable of doing it right now because the story that they told for her when she won the championship would have played better, I I believe, if you had a a more engaged audience to watch it. By this time, you know we're we're weeks into WoW, and the people who are into the show are going to be into the show. Jungle Girl won her championships several years back um, from Lana Star, you know. So you had two wild originals doing this, and she began doing you know far better matches. I told her myself, like one of the best matches I've seen happen in wild history. It wasn't like it was some high spot fest. It was just a match that really made sense. It was like a chess match between Jungle Girl and uh, Tadvik the Gamer. And they they just went move counter move and and the story was told bell to bell it was it was uh, told Jungle Girl has hurt herself her ribs are hurt she you know but that's her big move is the splash can she get this splash on to advance the week before they went to a tide and they're both trying to get to the position where they could challenge for the championship and you know that that became the thing they they both had these moves that they felt were would in the match but they were having a hard time applying it so it was it was a very simple premise is like, can this be applied can they get to this and Jungle Girl got it she got to the top shit and even with Busted Rev she sold him too she with Busted Rev flew off and nailed her with a big splash I remember texting her about it I was like this is the one that if, if not the best match I've seen in a while this is one of like, this made absolute sense, didn't require a whole bunch of convolution, nothing. This was just a good match. And the story was easy to follow, and the story was told in the ring. Jungle Girl would be, yeah, right there for me, <clears throat> somewhere along the lines at, at, at the fourth from the, the bottom. The only reason that she does not rank higher for me is that there was not a great deal of championship defenses for her following this. Um. Which is why if you look at the pages, you know, you get some people on there that have like a thousand day plus rain and stuff like that. Well, that's, that's fine when when your show goes on hiatus and you don't really have uh, any other options. You just, they didn't strip her of the belt. They just kind of left it on her. And then she comes back and starts over again. Uh, next up, and we're getting close to the top, that's going to be Santana Garrett, who... Oddly enough, is returning to WoW. 
I'm sure, I mean, Wild Tree defined she was their champion as we just got to this. But there's almost nothing about her championship run that I can recall. And by that, I mean, like, I understood Jungle Girl's motivations. My son has not seen me win the championship. I have to do it for him. I have to, you know, win this title. You know, that. Uh, but Santana Garrett, she would be one of the top girls there, I believe. But that she's only really had, like, two defenses. And, and she was fairly transitional. They, they just did enough to get the you know the belt onto her and and maybe I shouldn't say transitional because when I think back on it, she actually held that thing for a long time I believe she actually went to the May Young Classic as the wild champ it was it was unacknowledged and it's not like she showed up with the belt but I think she was listed as the wild champion when she participated so you have that uh, Penelope Pink would be in top three uh, because she's it's, it's almost by default she's had more matches than uh, most of the other champions in WoW and I say most of but it but it is a uh, I think a good spot for this is like number three from you know from, from the, the best of them or the most important uh, this one is a it's somewhat of a tie in terms of the amount of people that they defended against but I'm going to give the nod to to the person that you, <laughs> you hear me bring up in a minute Tessa Blanchard is, will be number two on this list now before I even go and begin with Tessa I, I'm just going to say it now that yes Tessa Blanchard created a problem for herself I don't know if all that's true but her reputation has eaten away at her career as a wrestler especially you know when we're talking uh, about the heat that she had at one point in time you know largely surrounding the whole impact thing and her tweeting uh, is great when women support women but then she got the backlash and all this stuff started coming out <clears throat> and all of that I'm sure plus the incident that took place within WoW led to her release but it cannot be understated that WoW uh, whatever issues that Tessa created and while I felt like they had to disassociate them from, that was their fault. They had a chance to cut that loose from the beginning, from the get-go. They chose not to. And rather than cut bait, they had a t-shirt made with Tessa Blanchard and a nuclear fallout and a diamond in the middle of the mushroom cloud and the red nuclear heat. So they knew what they were doing. They knew that they were making a shirt to, to reflect how difficult Blanchard is to work with. But, you know, what are you going to do? Blanchard, attitude aside, was probably, she's easily the best performing champion that they had. Just just the best performer. If you go, she, she had 
great match after great match after great match. And as long as she could go in there with anybody, but if you put her in there with people that were of relatively equal stature, like uh, Janelle Shaw, Janelle Shaw, who was Raina Reyes then, um, and, um, she had a good one with uh, Jungle Girl. She had a good one with, um, gosh, oh, why am I drawing a black horn? <laughs> uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh, she was serpentine there. I mean, so you had a couple of those. Now, I didn't care for the angle of the the, the storyline that they were putting out. Because on the one hand, they were trying to play her up to be this chicken heel. But yet and still, even though I'm devo- avoiding the beast, she took on other random people who came within a hair of beating her. So it didn't make sense in that regard. You would think that the person that's like, I'm, I'm picking my own challenges would take the path of least resistance. But that's that's just me, and what do I know, right? Uh, the the top person here is the Beast, or at least if there's a one and one A, it will be the Beast and Tessa Blanchard. Now, the reason the Beast gets the top spot for me is a she is a Wow original, so I think there's a little bit of. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I, not loyalty, but it, it's, it's, it's a little bit of, of, okay, this is somebody that's actually built up by WOW. I still think she's green. I still think she's got a way to go, but she started getting better. And I like that whoever was booking against the Beast almost exclusively booked people who had enough wrestling experience to carry it. The only drawback that she has is that is is like the Goldberg syndrome. She has these quick matches, these smash mouse matches, and, qua- and squashes them, not in thirty seconds like Goldberg, but you know they're they're pretty about three, four minutes, maybe five, <clears throat> and it's the job of the other person to get that over, and they do. But there's no real, there's no great beast match unless you go back and you look at the one that she had with. Um, with Blanchard but they did create their own in-house original champion that people could get behind and you know and she looks legitimate you know she has a great look and uh, the rivalry she had with Jungle Girl good stuff Jungle Girl probably be the other person that got a good match out of her it's a different kind of match it wasn't as fast paced or uh, <clears throat> high flying as a Tessa Blanchard beast match, but the beast and Jungle Girl was good for a different reason. It was like uh, two athletes trying to outdo each other, and that was the story, and I enjoyed it. But uh, those would be the top ones in my view. Again, to recap, the beast at number one, Tessa Blanchard at number two, Santana Garrett, number three, Jungle Girl at number four. And number five, uh, did I skip one? No. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. But, um, number four would have been Penelope Pink. Number five, Jungle Girl. Number six, Terry Gold. Number seven, Lana Star. Number eight, Danger. So there it is. Those are the top wild champions. That was just a little add-in uh, because the show was just a recap show and there wasn't much else to talk about. So <laughs> there we go, folks. And uh Appreciate you tuning in and listening to this episode. I'm sure by the time we get to next week, they'll have some new stuff up and we'll go right back into it and see where this is heading 
And hopefully, hopefully it'll be someplace good. And that said, folks, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long. And we will see you on the next go-round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>